Hi, I'm Don Mackey, welcome to the Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. This show is focused on providing strategies to empower community success and vitality. Each episode will feature interviews with cutting-edge rural development thought leaders and community practitioners, remarkable entrepreneurs from business, government, and nonprofits, and by sharing the learnings of E2 entrepreneurial ecosystems. Connect with me, learn more about E2, and subscribe to this show at energizingentrepreneurs.org. Welcome to Pathways to Rural Prosperity. I'm Shelley Pash, business specialist and ecosystem builder for Kansas Main Street, and I will be your host today. I am joined by my friend, Don Mackey, with E2 Entrepreneurial Ecosystems, hosted by Network Kansas. Don has worked in the field of community economic development a little bit longer than I have throughout North America for over 40 years with a deepening focus on entrepreneur-led economic development. Hello, Don. Hello. Hi, Shelly. Welcome to summer. It is it's the day balmy. we're recording this. It's it's hot and humid. <laughs> it is balmy. Yeah. It is not good. I got the dog out this morning and I'm like, okay, it's 6.30. We're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's only going to get worse. It is going to get worse. <laughs> Oof. So we will jump in. Today, we're going to talk about e-communities and entrepreneur mentoring. Are you ready? I am ready. I've got a topic I've been interested in for a long time. It has been a long time. It has been. So Don, we'll start at the very beginning. So why are entrepreneurial mentors an important strategy within the community's entrepreneurial ecosystem? It really comes down to, again, thinking about the needs and wants of the entrepreneurial talent in your community. And in many cases, by mentoring, we're kind of talking about that one-on-one, somebody sitting down, listening to the entrepreneur, and really helping them figure out what their priorities are, how to strategize to get to resources to help them move forward. And For a lot of entrepreneurs in their development journey, there are these points in time where the mentor is the best solution. Now, that doesn't take (laughs) away from the great programs. If you think about Fast Track, those entrepreneurial programs, or some of the programs like Destination Boot Camp about how to become a destination business, those are all great resources. And at the right point in time, that can be a good solution. But for many depending on where they're at in their development journey, that ability and confidence to have that conversation with somebody you're starting to trust who asks really good questions just can be powerful in empowering that entrepreneur to take that next step. For sure. I mean, it's definitely, you know, a main purpose of a mentor is to help with those specific questions that they've had through their experience And oftentimes, and we always hear this when we're talking to business owners, they're like, we want to share our information with you. You know, we want to tell you, share with you and help you learn from our mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, Shelly, I'm sure this has been important in your life. I know it has been really important in my personal development. I think about the time I just graduated from college. The economy was rotten. There were no jobs. And I got this phone call from a guy by the name of Rich Lombardi in the Nebraska Unicameral, our legislature here in Nebraska. And Rich said, come back to Nebraska. I've got a new senator who just got elected. You can work for him. 
But, you know, Rich didn't stop there. He was a veteran staffer in the unicameral and really took the time to mentor me thinking, okay, this was my career track. It was one of my directions, not where I ended up. But Rich really taught me how to do research, how to write policy papers, how to organize thoughts. And it was invaluable. And to this day, I use stuff that Rich helped me figure out. He didn't necessarily teach me, but he helped me find my answers. And I think that's key to mentoring is it's not about telling somebody what to do. It's about helping them focus on the right questions and figure out their own solutions that they can then take action on, giving them that agency or empowerment. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's to understand the process of the development of, you know, the project that you're working on. And I mean, like you said, they're accomplishing that, the executive functions, right? (laughs) So yes, that's, I agree. I agree. So we'll back up a little bit, Don, and share with our listeners an overview of the various entrepreneurial mentoring approaches or tactics that you've come across. Yeah, in our paper, Shelley, we identify nine venues in which mentoring can occur, but mentoring can occur anytime. It, it can be a, you stop in and you run into another business owner in a coffee shop and you say, I'm really struggling with this and they help you talk it through. I mean, that's a mentoring event, but mentoring can occur in peer groups, you know, well-designed business to business events where people kind of go table by table and they share a topic and the other person helps them talk it through. This can occur in workshops and trainings, particularly if it's designed into the event. So there's that opportunity for peer-to-peer or counselor-to-peer training. You know, with growth businesses, growth counseling and mentoring is really important. We have a number of people in our network that when a business is really ready to grow, connecting them to those growth mentors who have been through that, somebody who's grown a large venture and really understands how it is to move from, you know, this small team that does everything to now you're building systems, you're hiring key employees, very different thing. Advisory boards, we use voluntary boards of directors. This is particularly relevant to growth businesses or businesses that have transitioned entrepreneur coaching, and of course, business counseling. But at the end of the day, what we're talking about here is that more traditional mentoring, that one-on-one engagement over a period of time where somebody helps that entrepreneur get focused because we know two of the attributes of entrepreneurs, whether they're startups or have been at this forever, is they perceive too many opportunities and too many challenges. And part of mentoring is helping them sequence. What do we need to work on today? And now let's talk that through so the entrepreneur is not overwhelmed and is not chasing 100 ideas at once and not getting progress on any of those. And it certainly plays a major role in updating their own competencies, their their attitude, the skills that they have of just the beginning entrepreneur, you know, for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, just to to double down on this a little bit, when you help an entrepreneur find their own solutions, they're vested. They have an intuitive sense of how they need to then play that out. And that's key to mentoring versus counseling, where you're kind of giving advice, you're providing resources. That's powerful. It's important. It has a role in our ecosystems. I remember a venture 
And this was a growth business, very, very successful in a large micropolitan community in Nebraska. And the entrepreneur was saying, we need to grow. And my mother is the chief financial officer and she doesn't have the skill or the energy to do that. How do I, now this came up in a peer mentoring event. How do I transition my mother? And how do I fire my mom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, part of it is the other folks said, you're not firing her, you're transitioning. Right. Exactly. And they helped that entrepreneur figure out how to play that. He had the conversation with his mom and lo and behold, she didn't want to do this anymore. <laughs> right. She really kind of wanted to be a spokesman. Moms are wise. <laughs> yeah, she wanted to be a spokesman, an advocate for the business, but was really tired of all of the detail that she had to do, which opened the door for him to then go hire that next stage chief financial officer. That's where this can be really helpful because sometimes, particularly with the kind of businesses we work with, Shelly, in rural America, these are family businesses. These are businesses between friends. And so you got families and a whole bunch of other stuff. Making these right decisions is really hard. And to be able to talk that through with somebody, man, makes a difference. It does make a huge difference. So when we're talking about the entrepreneurs and the mentors, so what kinds of entrepreneurs, I know the answer to this, <laughs> but what kinds of entrepreneurs are best suited for mentoring? Yeah. And it really deals with life stage and situation. I mean, and again, this can apply to any entrepreneur and I really encourage entrepreneurs to create a network of mentors. You know, even if you just had a bad day, that ability to pick up the phone and say, can I get 30 minutes of your time just to kind of unload this? You need those good listeners, right? You, yeah. I mean, you have to be, you've got to have a positive attitude, open-minded. You've just, you've got to be available to that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, obviously if you have a spouse or a significant other, that person is a listener, but you know, when you're in the thick of this, you don't want to burden them all the time with your business. You want to right. focus on family. You hear it a lot. <laughs> yeah. So having that other network of folks where they're going, yeah, I'll listen. There's really four groups where this is particularly powerful and where we intentionally suggest mentoring. Aspiring in startups, and we have a lot of people in our community who are doing that or in that phase of development. They've never been in business. They're thinking about going into business. Or maybe they've already made that you know, jump and they bought a building and they've acquired a business. They know what they know and there's a lot they don't know. And oftentimes they're overwhelmed because these are small. And they're, you know, we've got a lot of folks in the community who have been in those kind of family Main Street type businesses. And just the ability to find that good mentor who can say, okay, Let's sort this out and help you kind of figure out where you go. Another group are what I call challenging and struggling. And these are all from our E2, e-talent typology. And we've got a lot of those in rural America, folks who are working really hard and they're not really getting ahead. And if they were to do the calculus of how much they're making per hour, <laughs> they'd be better off getting a minimum wage job. Right. We always said that as, as Main Streeters, you know, it's like when you figure it all out and you're working 24-7, especially if there's an event going on, you're like, I think I make a nickel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I make a nickel an hour. <laughs> and that's okay for a while, but ultimately you want to make a breakthrough. Right. And you don't want to burn yourself out so much. 
<laughs> yeah. And that's where a mentor can be really helpful to really kind of help them deconstruct why, despite all their hard work and effort, they're not generating sales. They're not generating profits. They're not making a decent living. They don't have a good life balance. And so they're threatening their marriage. I mean, when we do a lot of work with these kinds of businesses, often they say, you know, if I don't find a way forward, I'm going to lose my family. Right. And right. so there's, there's real consequences, not just business failure, but personal crisis and stress. And so there again, somebody who's been through that can help them kind of unbundle what's going on and say, okay, let's work through some ideas on how you can get on a better trajectory. And that may be as simple. We've talked about it before as a great business that's really good at producing a product or a service, but lousy at the business, finding a good bookkeeper in the community who can help them with all those things like taxes and HR and accounts. The things receivable. you might not want to do as an entrepreneur. Right? Exactly. And that <laughs> bookkeeper all of a sudden figures that out with you. And that's a breakthrough. The third category are transitions. This is really dicey. And in this case, a mentor for both the entrepreneurs who are wanting to sell or transition a business, even to their own family or a key employee, but the people who are acquiring it. So in that case, oftentimes having mentors for both folks in that transaction just can be really, really powerful. And then finally, we make this point, a lot of entrepreneurs fail when they pursue growth but we need growth. <laughs> we need businesses that employ people, create tax base, reach external markets, all those kinds of things. And that's where you want a higher order mentor, maybe a professional who is working one-on-one. -on -one. So for example, in the community banking world, there's Banking University. And I've participated in some of these events in Minnesota and Wisconsin and other places and it really talks about how a family can bring family members into the bank because the son or the daughter are going to become the CEO down the road. And they utilize mentors, somebody who has been through that transition in the banking world who can work with the parents who are transitioning the bank and also with the son or daughter and their families who are coming in and go, oh, we're going to own the bank. Yeah. We're on easy street. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it really contributes to much greater success, for example, in the transition of community-owned banks or family-owned banks in rural communities. And so there's some great models out there. But anyway, those are the four startups, challenged, transition, and growth. There's some good ones. We appreciate it. The listeners appreciate it. Now they know that they, you know, banking school, and that's a thing. It's a total thing. So Don, give our listeners maybe some pointers on working with mentors and, and mentees, right? we said it kind of before. It's like, be appreciative and ask for feedback, be a good listener, things like that. But give us some, give us some pointers. Yeah. And again, it depends on the complexity of who you're mentoring, mentoring a startup, somebody who's challenged requires less experience, less capability than somebody who is working in the transition or say the growth area. But I, I do think that it goes to the old adage that even though you may have deep content knowledge, 
that doesn't necessarily make you a good teacher. You need to understand the techniques of being a teacher as well as command of the content. And the same is true with mentors and mentees. We recently did some training in Keith County, Nebraska, around mentoring. They're setting up a mentoring program. And I don't think it has to be super complicated, but I do think you want to screen and orient your mentors so that they understand their primary role is to listen, ask good questions, and again, this value of helping the entrepreneur find their own solutions. It's not just sharing them your knowledge. Yeah, you have to set smart goals, right? And apply them and make sure that, you know, you're connected. And yes, (laughs) yes. (laughs) And the second is with the mentee, there needs to be screening. And so in this case, it'll probably be the Keith County Development Corporation that'll, their staff will do these placements. And you also want to screen the mentee. First of all, are they open to mentoring and do they understand what they're getting? This person is not going to take responsibility. They're not going to give you the answers. They're there to help you sort this out. And also, we've developed a collection of ground rules, what we call red flags or best practices, that kind of defines the relationship. You should meet in a semi-public place where you can have confidential conversations You don't show up on a Sunday morning going, I need your help or call at 10 o'clock at night and say, I just got to talk this through. Now, again, if you have a relationship with that mentor and they've broadened those ground rules, but there's got to be ground rules. You've got to have some boundaries for sure. Exactly. (laughs) And is the mentee going to actually work constructively or do they just want to bitch and gripe? And This becomes really important so that it's a constructive relationship for both the mentor and the mentee. We also suggest that you set early on a real defined time frame. We'll try this out for three months, meeting once a month or every two weeks. And that gives an exit strategy, again, moderated by a staff person or a volunteer who is paying attention. Is this working for the mentee? Is it working for the mentor? Are there issues? Again, we really counsel you go, oh, we can just throw two people together and it'll work. Well, you can. That's not right. And that's like with anything, right? I mean, whatever you're going into, you have to try things out, whether it's a hair salon, whether it's a therapist, whether, you know, anything like that. I mean, sometimes you don't get your choices, but when you have a choice, You certainly need to be mindful of that and demonstrate your interest as the mentee and the mentor, both sides, right? And like you said, just make sure that we apply these things and we don't just turn into a bitch session, right? Exactly. And, And so, you know, having a program, having some ground rules, have some orientation and training, it doesn't have to be a big thing. And then somebody paying attention. Yes. So I have a few more questions, I think, or a couple more, a few more, who knows, who knows what this will turn into. (laughs) So if you're game for it, mentoring, of course, is one way to work with that one-on-one to provide assistance to the entrepreneurs. So what are some other strategies and maybe tactics that can be out there if, you know, if you're kind of getting through the mentoring and and you want something else? Yeah. In our work with Nebraska with the Nebraska Community Foundation and their E3 initiative, which stands for Energizing Entrepreneurial Communities. We're going to have Casey Billets on 
a podcast here in the near future, and he's going to talk about that initiative. We've become much more directed in our council to communities that are building ecosystems, and we got six great communities. And one of the things we're really recommending is that they set up a technical assistance cost-sharing program. And of course, you probably recall Network Kansas does this with their board certified programs where they kind of cost share. They also cost share with analytics. But we're really recommending that the development group create a pot of money and some basic guidelines so that they can cost share with the entrepreneur access to programs. So if this is a local cafe and they want to become a destination business, send them to Destination Bootcamp. Wonderful Sure, John, program. I'd love to have them. <laughs> exactly. You know, if they're a growth business, maybe you cost share on a growth mentor or counselor. Or, you know, if we think about economic gardening and their market intelligence research, a lot of those programs have cost sharing where the development group pays for part of it, the entrepreneur pays for part of it. But I think also these programs should include that one-on-one mentoring. And if you have really good mentors, why not give them a stipend? And the Nebraska Community Foundation does this with what they call master philanthropists. These are people in rural communities who've learned how to do community philanthropy, work with donors, raise endowments, and they pay for their travel and sometimes give them a small honorarium to work with other communities that are more emergent. If we think this is a valuable thing, then a cost-sharing program could say, you know, John, you're retired from the bank. You've worked with a lot of businesses. You want to give back to the community. Would you be a mentor? And, you know, the entrepreneur will put a little money into this, or maybe if it's a nascent business, the program pays for 100% of this just to see if it's helpful. So we're big fans of creating a war chest, not for attracting business necessarily. We're used to doing that and that's fine. But to really provide funding and cost share for access to technical assistance with mentoring being at the heart of that package of opportunities that we can provide through these cost sharing programs. Doesn't take a lot of money. It really doesn't. And, you know, I mean, and honestly, I mean, we talked a little bit about score, right? The The SBA retired executives. Yes. Yes. Which is awesome. I mean, it is Wonderful. And it's not necessarily that you have to be a part of that, but, and if you don't have a score chapter in your community, you know, that's okay too. But, you know, you can just, if you find somebody, like you said, at the local bank or a retired, you know, a hardware store person, business owner, and, you know, and I look at business owners and entrepreneurs as two different people. Sometimes you're lucky and you get them all in one, you know, but it doesn't always come out that way. So, I mean, yeah, I think if you could, like we've said before, set boundaries and make sure that everything is there, you know, and then finding those other strategies, you know, sometimes if you cultivate what you already have, that's a big thing too. Like, hey, we, we have this that's going on, you know, whether it's the access to programs, tech. I know some of the communities that I've talked to when applying for gap financing, you know, and they put it in their and their application that, you know, twice a year, you may have to meet one-on-one with the mentor, a business coach or something like that. So it is helpful. And whether that happens to be your, your small business development centers, you know, Christina Meese is just a rock star at doing that. And 
We have so many people, Carl Klein, you know, across Kansas that just do an outstanding job, John Adesi. And, you know, we're fortunate to have small business development centers to be able to help with that too. So, and, you know, the tax incentives, grant programs and loans and, and things like that. I mean, there are so many ways for other strategies to, to help mentors and help business owners just guide them along the way. And, you know, it might be something that they need to keep in the back of their head, you know, that it might not be a perfect time for them to, to use this particular person or program, but you know what, tuck it away. You'll remember it. We all do, <laughs> you know, well, and, and your comments are spot on. And, and I just want to double down on a couple of thoughts as we begin to wrap up. One is, I'm glad you mentioned SCORE and the Small Business Development Centers. We really recommend communities go to their websites. They have amazing resources around mentoring. You may not choose to set up a SCORE chapter and you know do the SCORE model, which is fine. It's a great resource if you have the capacity to take it on. But the resources that they have available are great. And I think the second thing is really think about partnering not only with your GAP financing programs, but your community banks. If you think about community banks, they really do want to do that commercial loan. They want to work with local folks, but they have constraints. And if you've got a deal that isn't quite ready and you had a program in your community to say, you know, Mary, we can't do this loan yet, but we can recommend you to the mentoring program. And if you're willing to work with a person to kind of focus and get these things sorted out, then come back to us. And then if they can do that loan. So we find that community banks really support this because it gives them a way to not have to say no and to maybe create more opportunities for people in the community to secure the financing. It's a win-win situation. And so Communities should think creatively about who their partners are in this because the bank may also help underwrite the mentoring program, knowing that this is going to help them work with their clients in a more constructive and successful way. Right. So, yeah. And like, it's a win-win. It just comes all the way around. Okay. So I think this, this might be all my questions and we tangented it off a little bit. So that's perfect. That is perfect way to wrap up. So thank you, Don, for being my guest today. So we are going to ask you if you would share with our listeners where they can learn more about e-communities and entrepreneur mentoring. You bet. Well, once again, for those of you that are regular with our podcasts, and we are so excited about the growing loyal audience that we have, we're glad you're finding value in what Shelly and I talk about. There's, of course, our free website resources at energizingentrepreneurs.org. Check it out and does an amazing job organizing that. Go to the theme pages, which can really help you. You can join our E2 National Practitioners Network and access all of our resources that are available to communities to grow entrepreneurial ecosystems and more prosperous communities. There's our monthly newsletter, which is easy to subscribe to and unsubscribe. And of course, our Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. These are all free and part of our public mission to support entrepreneurship in rural America. There are three specific resources that we're going to be releasing with this podcast focusing on mentors. We've got a two-page resource guide 
that we're going to provide. We're going to provide a resource guide on these technical assistance cost sharing programs. And then we actually have a webinar that we have recorded that we did for Keith County that we're going to make available. So those will be some very specific resources. But again, as you said, go to the SCORE website, go to your state Small Business Development Center website. The Small Business Administration is involved in both of those really good resources that can give you further guidance on setting up a mentoring program and making it impactful and beneficial to your community. So that's what we got this month. That's awesome. And don't forget to go to (laughs) energizingentrepreneurs.org. Of course, throw that back in there, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's your go-to resource. There you go. So it has just been such a great pleasure having you as my guest today and all my best to you, all my best to you and your efforts to grow a stronger rural America, one community at a time. Thanks, Don. Take care. You bet. Bye, Shelley. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. Head on over to energizingentrepreneurs.org where you can subscribe to this podcast and tap into more than 25 years of field experience from E2 Entrepreneurial Ecosystems. I'm Don Mackey, and I'll see you next time on Pathways to Rural Prosperity podcast. Mm -hmm.